Hey everyone, welcome to Principles for Principles, a new podcast for school leaders to share, learn, and connect about current ideas and best practices in school leadership. If you're a school or district administrator, you're in the right place. Whether you're a veteran or novice leader, this podcast is for you. We can't wait to share tips and resources in developing or fine-tuning your leadership skills. We're your hosts, Aaron Dare and Jeff Warshaw from the San Diego County Office of Ed. And today we're going to talk about data and school leadership with our colleague from the Assessment, Accountability, and Evaluation Department, Steve Green. Steve is here to discuss the importance for school leaders to use data to drive strategic planning to ensure equitable opportunities and outcomes for students. Hi, Steve. Hi, good morning. Thanks for being a guest with us here on Principles for Principles. Thank you very much for the invitation. Look forward to the conversation. So do we. Uh, as you know, we asked you to join us today to talk about the importance of using data when leading schools. So um, to get started, tell us a little bit about that topic. What is the importance of the use of data as a school leader? Yeah, I think we all just intrinsically understand that we need to be looking at information, right? That, that tells us how our schools are functioning, whether that's around you know, students, academic performance or understanding our budgets and how our resources are being allocated and, and you know, everything akin to that. Um, I think what I like to, when we, when we engage with folks around data too, we really just try to, to say, it's really the evidence of how your system is functioning. And one of the pieces that I think we try to push on, or I try to push on in particular, is a lot of times when people hear data, they naturally think of like test scores and they think in academics. And we really try to help people think more holistically, right? I mean, test scores are part of the picture, but we also wanna make sure that we're thinking about students' social emotional health, right? We're thinking about the community and how we're engaging folks there. And so the importance of when we say data, I like to really reframe it as evidence and then that isn't just you know numbers and bar charts and line line graphs. Um, it is also the qualitative. You know, um, how are we looking at the system? How are we interviewing people, taking surveys, observing instruction as it's happening, right? And so um, all of those pieces of information really help a school leader understand more deeply how the system is functioning. And so it's critically important. Just like yeah. that. Our heart rate is where we want it to be and our blood pressure is good, right? There, there are, we wanna know that our health, our system is healthy and, and functioning in the way we want it to. And we, we've got to look at evidence that the system's producing to know that. That's a great analogy with the, the healthcare connection. Um, so knowing that what you just talked about speaks to like, there's a ton of different evidence out there. Like there's a lot of different sources of information that, that school leaders can draw from. And we know they often ask, where do I start? Well, what do, what do I look at first? So what would you, what would you tell, tell them about that? Yeah, thanks for that question. And I'm smiling here because um, a lot of times when we're doing professional learning or just, you know, um, anecdotally having conversations with folks, we get, we get asked that, especially when um, I'm going to put in air quotes, you're not going to see this, but some people say, well, I'm not a data person, right? I'm not, I'm not really strong with data. It's not really my background. So where do I start? And um you know, it's not a recipe. I, I try to let folks know when I get that question, where do I start? What's the first thing I should do? I try to reframe it for them and just say, what is it you'd like to know about your system? What is it you're trying to understand? So coming from an inquiry um, perspective, right? There's that, to me, that question is suggesting, I want to know something about my school or, or, you know, about my community. And so we just try to help folks narrow in. What is, what is the question you're trying to answer? 
And then when that's more clear, that leads then to what the next step is, right? I think that helps this kind of part of the prescription. So if I know that I really wanna understand whether or not my designated and, uh, designated and integrated ELD is really helping students you know, acquire the language, then we'd wanna think about so what are the components then of that program that we'd wanna look at. We might wanna observe instruction. We might wanna interview teachers and students. We might wanna look at some longitudinal trends to say, what do our reclassification rates look like over time? And so, um, again, I, I, there's not, I wouldn't say, you know, start with academic data or begin by, you know, listening to the community and, and what their needs are. It, it depends on the question. And I think the other piece that I'd like to connect this to is also thinking about the equity perspective and the equity lens, right? Sometimes our systems produce data that they traditionally produced and that's inherently could have some flaws in it or some blind spots. It may not tell us all the information we need. So another, when I think about a first step, I also like to have people kind of interrogate the data sources they have. What do you have? What is your system currently collecting? What does that data look like? And is it mostly one type of data rep representing like just, it's just test scores, right? All we have are test scores. Well, that's, that may not be sufficient. So a, a first step might be to think about what other data do we need to make sure we're gathering? You know, what other evidence is required? So, you know, what do I do first is really, I think, contingent upon what you're trying to address and what you're trying to understand within your system. And once you do that, I do feel like the path is more clear for, for the individuals trying to do that data investigation. Thanks for sharing that, Steve. You know, you mentioned, actually, you're you alluding to a lot of question at, um, asking. And so really, when you think about questions and the role that it plays with data, how does that inform data analysis? Yeah, thanks, Erin. Um, absolutely. So I think the, the importance of an inquiry stance in data is, is, is super important. We've really got to approach it with kind of some humbleness and not a, what I would say maybe a bias around, I already know what the data is going to tell me, right? Kind of coming in and saying, I know our you know third grade students are really struggling in reading right now. And we, we're bringing potentially a mindset and already thinking about the solution when we do that, right? When I say solution, what we might do next, right? And so the role of questions is critically important because I think it, it allows us to step back and be open-minded, right? It's a blank slate. We have information, we have evidence of our system, and let's really begin by saying, what do we see in the data, right? And trying to just be in more of what I call an observational stance and describe what the data are showing. You know, are there some trends? Are there some patterns? Might we be able to triangulate a couple of different sources of information that help us better understand what's happening? And so, again, I think that's all driven from an inquiry and um, you know, the types of questions we we're trying to answer. And I would also say in that process, it's, I know that the, this is you know, kind of a, a school leader perspective, but I would hope too that those questions are being surfaced from multiple perspectives within the system, right? So it's not just the questions that the site administrator might want to have answered, but you know, are there questions in here that might help support the parents and, and students and you know, the students' role in data analysis and having them think about their own performance, right? So I, that's a different topic, but I, I just also want to just mention that it's, it shouldn't just be one individual you know, who's designing those questions and then trying to answer them, but ultimately, I see this as a collaborative process and it's a group of folks who are generating questions that are going to lead to a really robust 
um, analysis of all the evidence that helps lead to what potential next steps might be. I appreciate you sharing something about systems and, and creating, um, you know, those systems within in schools. And so um, is there a protocol that you would recommend for getting started if you were a school leader? Yeah, so, um, yeah, that was a very technical term. Yes. Um, I mean, I have one that, that we're utilizing within our department that we we use is as a, a common protocol, and I don't know that there's one protocol that's better than another, right? So we we get used to what what works for us, but we have one that um, and that I personally use called the four R's approach, and the R's um, I'll speak about the process, but they're research, recall, reflect, and respond. And so what I would say is many data protocols. They may not name it this, but these are kind of the the requisite components. Of a, of a robust data analysis process. So research is, is what I just mentioned, is really just the objective analysis of the data. So looking at the facts, looking at the information, making observations, you know, making statements around what you see there without any inference, right? We're not trying to connect any dots here. We're just simply saying, here's what we see in this data set. And um, that process also is devoid of trying to come up with any solutions, right? That's really just trying to be in a very open, you know, just understanding what the data are showing and making statements around it. Then, um, and if folks are kind of familiar with the ladder of inference, I, I, in my head, I'm picturing this ladder of inference, right? We start at the very bottom of just being very open and uh, um, non-judgmental. But then we do have to think about context, right? And so once you've done that objective look at the data, the recall step is focusing on kind of the realities, the context, right? Because context is important. So what do we know about maybe what happened this past month? Like maybe we collected some student level data from what's been happening in the classroom. So what happened? Was there, you know, are we implementing some new instructional strategies, right? So we, we've done some professional learning with teachers and now they've implemented something. And, you know, maybe they're at this point, folks aren't as comfortable yet with those strategies. So that might have an impact or, hey, we've been doing this for a really long time and we're noticing, you know, the student performance is improving, right? And so being able to connect those dots, so recalling and thinking about the context, right? And context, a global pandemic, right? Scores may look very different this year than two years ago. And it's not to say that we should say, oh, well, there's pandemics and we're not gonna worry about it. That's not what I'm suggesting. But we also have to think about things like, well, there was hybrid learning going on or students were more in a virtual space and teachers are learning to you know, adapt to that. So instruction looks different. And so I think, um, again, it's not about making excuses, but it's really being, again, objective and, and thinking about context. Uh, reflect is that third component. And that's really trying to now triangulate. So let's, let's think more explicitly around um, what, what now this is suggesting. Now that we've thought about the context, we've looked at our data, is there something that's missing, right? What, what else might we need to help fill out the picture? What, what new questions might we have at this point that we would like to answer? And, um, and, and to that end, is there other evidence, right? Because we may not be ready to respond yet, but we, a good data analysis, ultimately in my perspective, should lead to better questions. Hey, now we know this about our system. What else do we need to know to get a more full picture? And then ultimately that leads to the respond, which makes sense, right? Taking those next steps. So the implications based on the other three steps then lead you to, here's what we're gonna try now, or here's what we're gonna do in response to that. And so that's the, the process I like. It, 
it's easy to remember four R's. That's one of the reasons I think we've, we've um, latched onto that. But again, the steps I've described are existent in most data protocols, right? In, in kind of a thorough analysis of data. Steve, you talked about um, the, the breadth of evidence and the process for maybe unpacking that evidence um, to understand some things about the system. And we know that that doesn't happen in a vacuum with, uh, with, with a school leader, right? We don't, we, we, uh, there's a limit to the value of a principal holding up in their own office and kind of, you know, pouring through, through evidence and data and, and, and even doing the, that for our protocol. Um, but really the value and the use of that data um, is best leveraged when it's used to inform a larger conversation, right, across across a school school team or school community. So, so as a school leader, who should I be bringing together for those discussions? What's the ideal team um, look like when it comes to doing you know data exploration at a school site? Yeah, uh, again, great question. I think I alluded earlier to the fact that yeah, no one should be doing this alone. Um, the ideal team, again, I I would say that that's dependent upon the context, right? So if we're looking at maybe classroom level data around, you know, maybe reading instruction or ELD or whatever it might be. I mean, certainly I'd want to have the practitioners who are part of that process there, right? So I think it's important to have the teacher voice represented. Um, sometimes school levels uh, or, you know, districts have teachers on special assignment, TOSAs who are in like a supportive role. They maybe they're helping support professional learning or they're doing coaching. So their perspective is important. They may be able to bring another lens into the data analysis process, right? Um, connected to whatever that, that area of focus might be. Um, I also think about the perspective of, you know, we have diverse populations in our schools. So um, we'd want to make sure maybe that, um, uh, an educational specialist or someone who has some background in supporting students with disabilities is at the table, right? Because not, not all students are the same or progress at you know, um, the same rates over time. So having that lens represented that can help you know, maybe explain or help folks understand, maybe we see some difference in performance and it might be the result of you know, maybe some pedagogy that might be um, uh, some moves that might be missed right now, right? And so, um, again, I would just say a diverse team is important. I would want to start with what, what is the evidence we're going to be looking at, who had some part in generating that evidence, right? And when I say generate, I mean, again, if it's classroom level data, then it, it seems to me that it would make sense to have teachers there. Um, I also think it's important, too, when we're looking at school level data, that our educational partners are engaged, right? So I think about, you know, site administrators that are leading school site council. Right? And we're thinking about building out our, our uh, school plan for student achievement, right? There's a need to bring data to the community members there, right? And so we already know kind of the makeup of that group because it's, it's required in ed code. But, you know, so that's an audience of diverse partners. You know, parents are at the table classified and certificated staff are there. Um, you know, if you're at a secondary level, there's, there's student representation there, right? So I think um, also just considering the audience when we're bringing in data, what support might be needed to help people make sense if this isn't something they engage in on a daily basis. You know, like, you know, school staff might be more equipped and, and really understand the process. So I think that's another consideration when we think about the teaming or who's gonna be around the table, what other supports and scaffolds might we need to bring in so that people can authentically participate and, and um, make meaning. Great. Thank you. That's, this has all been super helpful. We really appreciate your, your insight and your advice and your expertise um, when it comes to the, 
just the value of leveraging data as a school leader to, uh, to improve our schools. Any final thoughts or advice on the role of data in the context of school leadership? Final thoughts. Um, well, <laughs> just given my role, I guess I would underscore that I feel that, you know, data or evidence is, is, is critical to success, right? I mean, you've got to understand and know how the system's performing in, in order to, one, keep the good things going that are really successful and, and you know, um, helping support whatever initiatives that you're undertaking. And then obviously from a continuous improvement perspective, looking at data routinely, looking at the evidence that the system's producing allows you to make those incremental moves forward you know, over time so that you're getting to higher levels of performance. Um, and the other piece I would say is don't, as a site administrator, don't limit yourself to just the data you currently have available. I think there's a trap that we, that administrators can fall into just because, and again, I'm thinking about the current context, there's so much happening and so many pieces that need to be managed. Um, you know, we'll, we'll just look at what we currently have available. And I think there's a danger there, right? If we limit to only what we're currently collecting, that we may not be getting the complete picture. So as I said earlier, um, you know, in the four R's protocol, thinking about, you kind of have to slow yourself down a little bit, but really think about what questions are we trying to answer? And if we don't have all the data we need, then we got to think about how we're going to get it, right? Because otherwise I, I feel like the decision-making process is somewhat incomplete. You may be making some, you may land on the right things and it may work out, but I also know just from my own experience, a limited set of data can cause you maybe to go down the wrong path. And then in the end, you know, you may step back and say, oh, if only I'd known or had thought about. So I would just say there's a sense of urgency around this and a sense of urgency to turn systems around and address equity issues. And, and that's very real and it's important. I don't want to say it's not important, but doing it in a thoughtful, deliberative way and making sure that we have all the information we need. And if our system isn't currently producing it, we got to figure out the right way to make sure we do get that information. I guess that's a caution, but I think it's um, something that will lead to success. That's excellent. Thank you. Uh, thanks. A lot, lot of wisdom in your thoughts, and we appreciate uh, you joining us and being a part of Principles for Principles here on our show today. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Principles for Principles. Want more leadership resources? You can sus subscribe to today's Informed Principle using the link in the podcast notes. If you have feedback or want to give us a shout out on today's episode, tweet us at SD underscore principles. We'd love to hear from you. Join us again next time for more school leadership tips. Thanks for listening. Before we let you go, Steve, uh, we want to ask, invite you onto our hot seat for a little rapid fire round. If, uh, if you're up for, for three quick questions. All right, let's do it. Okay. So uh, first question, what was the first album you owned? First album I owned was Blondie's uh, Parallel Lines. All right, nice. First car you drove? First car I ever drove was a 1973 Volkswagen bus, orange on the bottom and white on the top. Excellent, that's a classic. And what was the first plane trip you ever took and how old were you? I was one day before my second birthday and it was a trip to Germany to visit my family there. So my mom's from Germany and we were going back. Uh, it was my first trip there and I was getting shown off to all the cousins and grandparents and things in Germany. Wow. All right. Excellent. I do well, not remember it by the way. So I just know that because it's in our family tradition. It's in our 
It's in the folklore. There you go. You remember it from uh, from stories and photos, maybe, right? So, yeah. excellent. Well, we appreciate you being on the show. I have one more question. Oh boy. This is a little plug. Is it true that you are in a music band? Is it true that I'm in a music band? It, it is true. And uh, what is the name of that band? So the name of the band is Rusty Chicken. I happen to be the bass player. Um, and I have two family members that are also in that group. My brother is our guitarist. And my nephew, my oldest nephew is the drummer. But interesting, there's there's one more member of that group, and he happens to be on this podcast. So he's <laughs> our rhythm guitarist and lead singer and de facto head of the group. Uh, so very neat. And if they want called to, out there, if yes. people wanted to follow you, where could they follow you? <laughs> Me personally or the band? I mean, because now I'm scared. <laughs> The band, the band. The band. Uh, we're at, uh, at Rusty Chicken, the band on um, Facebook and Instagram. Very cool. Well, thank you for joining us today, Steve. This podcast has taken a whole different turn in the closing <laughs> moments here. Uh, now there's a lot There's a lot of other data that could be considered here, right? That's See, right. Context <laughs> is important. So now I know people are discovering the internet to uh, yes. it's Rusty going. Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again for being here, and uh, we'll see you next time. Take it.